it's early in the new year, it's after an indulgent holiday, it's when your jeans don't fit, the answer is always the same. I've got to get back on track. And in practice, this could look like detoxing, doing a cleanse, getting rid of the bread, counting calories, signing up for a weight loss program. And these are all dieting pursuits and they will all mostly fail. I'm Nadia Felsch, nutritionist and intuitive eating counselor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. In this episode, I'll be exploring why diets fail and where dieting is defined really simply as any attempt to shrink your body. I'm going to break up the episode into three sections. So number one is why diets fail. Number two is what is actually going on when they do. And number three is where to from here. So let's kick off with number one, the why. So let's talk about, let's imagine you're, you're going to do a juice cleanse. You're not going to eat solid food or not much for a few days. You know, it's no big deal, right? Incorrect. Huge deal. So biologically, you will be underfed. And that creates a cascade of reactions in the body that could be considered or are considered suboptimal. You know, so those low moods or those extreme mood swings that we joke about in our culture, they're actually really bad news. And this is just one byproduct of underfeeding the body. So why do diets fail? Why can't we just juice cleanse fast or ditch bread forever? And the short answer is because we were not designed to be able to shrink our bodies intentionally. And the extended response is that intentionally attempting to shrink our bodies is actually viewed by the body as a threat to survival. So as our body weight is influenced by a huge number of factors, the body's response to intentional weight loss is actually part of our own biological protection. In an, you know, put another way, it keeps us alive. So now for the second section, what is actually going on when we do this, when we do a cleanse, when we cut out the bread, when we portion control. So when we eat less food than we require, again, that is dieting, three key things are happening to us. There's lots of threes in this episode. All right. The first one is that our body increases our focus and our attention on food. Just think about any time you've done this, you have this increased preoccupation with food. You feel quite controlled and obsessed by it. Guess what? This is biological and it's happening because your body is trying to get your attention. This is your body's attempt at trying to get us to eat. The second key thing that happens when we eat less than we require is we specifically increase the production of one neurotransmitter called neuropeptide Y. Now this stimulates our food interest. So this is part of the first key aspect, but it actually also has a special job where it seeks out carbohydrate containing foods again to get us to eat, but preferably getting us to eat carbohydrates because they have a really high value in the body. And the third key thing that happens to us when we eat less than we need is our metabolism slows. And that's really sensible because it's trying to conserve what energy we do have in the body. And the way that we actually experience all of this, because you don't really know all of this stuff is going on, but you do. Because the way we experience this protection is not pleasant, not pleasant at all. And again, this is kind of part of the jokes of diet culture. 
that are really messed up. We joke about how we have wild moods. We joke about how we're preoccupied with food. We can't concentrate. We're hangry. We're irritable. We have fatigue, blood sugar swings. This is the experience that we can name about our biological protection. And all of that that I've just shared, that's actually just really short term. So this can happen even if we leave it too long between meals, not intentionally, because again, the body's protecting us. It's it's a warning signal or many warning signals. So now let's say we do this, we extend this diet, this cleanse, this whatever for days or maybe for weeks. The impacts now are getting more and more significant because in addition to all of the things I talked about, the, the fatigue, the concentration issues, preoccupation with food, the hunger, now we're moving into some longer term issues. We're looking at hair loss and brittle nails, chronic tiredness. Maybe we're actually really struggling with our mental health. We're having a really unhealthy fixation on food, which is leading to maybe some emotional eating, some binge eating, excessive carbohydrate cravings because we're not eating enough and we're having these extreme swings in blood sugar. Maybe we've missed our period. Maybe we have absolutely no libido where we usually would. Maybe we are really dealing with a complete disconnection from our body cues, things like hunger. We don't even know what that is anymore. We could also be dealing and looking at weight instability whilst the body is trying to deal with this starvation. And you know what? If I didn't find it so heartbreaking, it actually might be laughable, outrageously laughable, sure that dieting for intentional weight loss is recommended so flippantly for health and well-being. No, no, no health and well-being in any of that. So I know what you're saying, especially if you're not familiar with my work, or maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this type of language before around weight. I know what you're saying, but what about my neighbor who kept the weight off? All right. Okay. That's a, that's a fair point. So for the few people, few, very few, who can maintain intentional weight loss past five years, which is what we would consider long-term, I would offer what, what is the cost? So for instance, what disordered relationship to food and body is also present? Because sustained weight loss for most folks has a very high cost. And by the way, that's their call. That's their choice. I just think it sucks that we expect it and that we advertise it and that there's huge industries making money from this. And actually, unsurprisingly, completely unsurprisingly, based on everything I've just shared about biology, the evidence that diets fail is actually reflected in our own Australian public health documents. So the current clinical practice guidelines, I'm just going to I'm going to translate. That essentially means it's looking at all the evidence about particular topics. And we translate these, public health people translate these into practice guidelines for health professionals. So someone like myself. Now, this guideline that I'm going to reference is actually titled and fat phobic warning here, the management of overweight and obesity in adults, adolescents, and children in Australia. So this document is considered current, but it was actually last updated in 2013. And this is what it has to say about the lifestyle changes that are recommended for long-term weight management. Weight management's another tricky term. Really weight loss is what they're trying to say. And, you know, don't let anyone gain weight. 
So, and this, I, I want to be clear, the studies that it's looking at, which are all cited in the guideline that you can go and check out if you like, they really just include the standard recommendations for weight loss. So this is calorie restriction, either on its own or alongside increased physical activity, and with some also including a, a counseling component. So that's what when we when we say lifestyle recommendations, and I don't say it, but we in the community of health, that's what we're talking about. So to come back to, this is actually, I'm going to quote what the practice guidelines state about dieting for intentional weight loss and how that relates to long-term sustaining weight loss. So I quote, weight loss following lifestyle intervention is maximal at six to 12 months. Regardless of the degree of initial weight loss, most weight is regained within a two-year period, and by five years, the majority of people are at their pre-intervention body weight. Yep. End quote. (laughs) Not the yep. (laughs) So I recently shared this on TikTok, literally just those words. I didn't make a comment. I didn't make an observation. I read the document and I showed the document word for word, and folks were mad which really speaks to how fragile this whole topic is. And that's really valid. One user commented on my TikTok and I quote, I know this was meant to make me feel better, but I feel trapped. And another few asked, so what do I do then? And this is asking a very valid question. They're asking if intentional weight loss pursuits are largely unsuccessful in the long term, what do I do? Is this how you feel as well? Maybe hopeless, disappointed, mad? They're all valid feelings, but I actually want to talk about being mad because I think it's okay to be mad about this. I am mad about this, but I, however, would like to invite us all to get mad at the correct source of the problem here. So we live in a fat phobic society that both praises thinness from a moral perspective, you know, thin people are better, but also as a beauty ideal. So in in so many ways, thinness is power. And of course, we want to be as close to that as we damn can. And now let's throw in there some medical fat phobia, which was also littered through the TikTok comments of that post. And now there's a whole new layer of shit to wade through. We exist in a society that upholds anti-fat bias and who would want to be oppressed by that? So let's get mad at the system. Better still, let's tear it down by not participating. And I really want to honor here, if you are seeking a so-called solution to whatever might be going on for you, And maybe up until this exact moment in your life, you thought weight loss was that answer. I have something better for you. So this is the third section, the final section of the podcast of this episode. Grab a pen and paper, make a note, where to from here. So I have two invitations for you to sit with, reflect on, write, get mad about. The first one is what are you seeking via intentional weight loss? Because I want to be really clear, you are the expert of your body and whether or not you want to pursue intentional weight loss is only your call to make. But if, however, you would like to explore another avenue, you're in the right place. And again, I ask, invite you, I offer to you, what are you seeking? And be specific. 
So is it something like a health-related outcome? Like I want better cardio fitness. I'm banging my chest while I'm saying that. Is it that I want to lower my blood pressure because I'm a little worried about that? Is it that I want stronger muscles? Is it that I want to fit into clothes and feel more confident? So be clear. What are you seeking via intentional weight loss? The second note to make, question to ask yourself, reflection. What have you already learned that can help you with that? How can you get closer? What type of support can you seek specifically to help you with what you are seeking. In my work with clients, all of the reasons that I talk about, they're they're really valid and they actually might be the reason they're seeking intentional weight loss. But what we do is we focus on the thing they're seeking. So really mostly what that looks like is we first of all work on having a healthier, happier relationship to food and to their body. Because that way, then we're in a much better, calmer, just nicer place to then talk about, I'm going to give a really specific example, joyful movement that improves their cardio fitness. That's a really specific goal and it's fantastic, but it's going to be to shit if we hate our bodies and we're dieting. Or we might be looking at body image work because someone wants to feel more confident and the only way they'd ever been told that 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 could happen was by losing weight. So instead, we literally work on their body image. Now, weight loss may or may not occur as a byproduct of all of this type of focus that I'm talking about, but weight as an outcome is not one that we center in the work that I do with clients. We also do not ever use it as a measurement, as a value of the work that we've done together. And I've said this so many times on the pod, your desire to lose weight is so valid It's also not the end of the road, that feeling of being trapped that that user on TikTok shared. If you're ready to exist and live in your body without the misery of the dieting cycle, again, it's not the end of the road. You can. You deserve a full and expansive life, one that is just so much brighter than dieting will and has ever offered you. For all of the links and notes from today's exploration of why diets fail, head to my website, which is nadiafelch.com forward slash podcast. And alternatively, you can find that link in your podcast player. Thank you so much for joining me. See you next time.